Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube, youtube.com, slash at 1210WPHT. The Dawn Show coming up at 10 o'clock. We'll find out what's on tap in just a little bit. Who on Twitter and YouTube today? Cut Sheet Part due and our uh, big three at 9.30. Morning mystery movie clip in about 18 minutes. Another $50 gift card to Burger King and uh, also courtesy of Simply Orange Juice. So that's coming up in just a little bit. I just saw Dorenzo put the clip in the hopper and we'll see if uh, you're able to identify that one correctly. Uh, a couple of things that we have to get to here. Speaking of Israel and Hamas, you know, we've talked a lot this week, really, about what transpired late last week, and that's the University of Pennsylvania, Elise Stefanik's testimony on Capitol Hill. That was last Tuesday, so about nine days ago. The fallout from that, Claudine Gay, MIT, so forth and so on. But we haven't really talked a lot about where Americans are uh, when it comes to supporting this war, who's on what side, does it fall on party lines, things of that nature. And then we also have an update to our story about the Utes of today, 20% saying that the Holocaust was a myth, uh, which just reiterates my stance that today's youth are incredibly stupid. Um, but we'll get to that in just a moment. So the Wall Street Journal, with a, an interesting poll, where a majority of Americans do back Israel as Democrats are split over the war with Hamas. And I think this is something we've talked about in recent weeks, about the issue that the Biden administration and Democrats are facing today, and that is the major divide within their party when it comes to being pro-Hamas, pro-Gaza versus being pro-Israel. So the latest coming out, uh, U.S. public opinion remains favorable towards Israel in its war with Hamas, but just over a third of Americans say that they are equally sympathetic to both the Israeli and Palestinian uh, people. A new Wall Street Journal poll finds 55% of those polled said that they believe Israel is taking the military action needed to defend itself. 55% say it's it's A-OK what the Israeli government is doing, which I agree with. And uh, to defend itself and prevent another attack by Hamas, compared with 25% of respondents who are actually saying that Israel's military action is disproportionate and going too far. That is a heck of a hill to die on and a stance to have when you go back and think about what is disproportionate and what is going too far in the name of war, in an act of war. Go back to October 7th and, you know, think about everything and read about it. Go find the graphic images, see the awful videos that, uh, you know, Trey Yinks from Fox News shared and these other people that are, you know, stationed over in the Middle East as, you know, reporters live with their feet on the ground. And look at the destruction that was caused, not only at that music festival, but also what happened with people in their homes going door to door. Animals, pets, babies, the elderly, women, you know, basically slaughtered and try to say that and come back and answer a Wall Street Journal poll question by saying Israel in defense of themselves has gone too far. Let that sink in for a moment. I don't know how you arrive at that conclusion, but those are usually Democrats to which that will get us to the next portion of this poll. So age and party affiliation were factors when it came to sentiment towards Israelis and Palestinians, the poll found. 
nearly a quarter of Democrats said that they were sympathetic to Palestinians, compared with 17% who said that they sympathized more with the Israeli people. Just under half said that they were equally sympathetic to both. By contrast, more than two-thirds of Republicans said that they were more sympathetic to Israelis, compared with 2% who sympathized more with Palestinians, and 17% who said they sympathize with both groups. This is really now, what are we, 11 weeks in, 10 weeks in? This is still amazing to me that this is such a partisan issue. And I, I don't take joy in any of this. But if there is one silver lining, I think, for all of this, if you're looking at it heading into 2024, and this is not going away anytime soon, much like Russia, Ukraine, mm-hmm. if you're a Republican, and you're thinking about elections and votes and swing states, you might be really rooting for the demise of Democrats over this issue because this has fractured the Democratic Party. I, I think it, it really it, has. It, I mean, it, it, yep. there's no doubt about it. You're not. You are not wrong at all. But the only question is, and again, polls are polls. You have to really ask yourself and wonder out loud: Are those of Jewish faith and religion descent the whole bit that have historically voted Democrat? that are upset with the way this thing has played out, are they really willing to actually vote Republican? Because Republicans have been far more sympathetic mm-hmm. for the Jewish cause. But odds are, these Jewish people who are Democrats probably do not like most Republican policies. Well, the RNC then, uh, what's her name, Rana, needs to get out there and mm-hmm. do some outreach. That's a good point. And, and you know, show that group that is on the fence there what 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 the what she believes the rnc stands for yes, right i i totally agree put and, it on the platform in other words yes put it, build write it into your yep. mission statement mm-hmm. right on the platform yep. and and show how republican i would show these people if i'm ronna mcdaniel show how well trump is doing in all of these swing states show the 10 point lead that he has in historically blue michigan Show how Trump has gone from, and it's not necessarily about Trump specifically, but I'm using some Trump figures as proof of, hey, if you've been contemplating this, you're not alone. 8% vote for Trump with the black vote, now 22%. Show how that Dallas mayor flipped from Democrat to Republican. Show the abandonment of Democrats that are flipping to R and say, this is not an outlier. There's actually a sizable quantity here of people that are going to the Republican Party for the first time ever because they just view it to be the party of more common sense at this point. So I think that's pretty fascinating with that poll. So that is from the Wall Street Journal. And then we got to get to this one. And I know we had the story, but now we actually have some numbers. This is courtesy of the Daily Mail. Um, And it says, One in five Americans aged 18 to 30 think the Holocaust is a myth. And even more say it has been exaggerating, according to a shock poll, that show that Democrats are more likely to believe the conspiracy. How about that one? Think about that. One in five. Yeah, I, I was told that Republicans were the well, conspiracy that's, theorists. That's that's the other thing, too, that I found so interesting about this, is you always hear about the Republicans and conspiracy theories and the, you know, the far-right people and the conspiracy theories. Yes. L- look at these numbers. Yes. Look at these young liberal Democrats mm-hmm. that believe this crap. I know. The survey by The Economist and YouGov included 1,500 people 
ranging in age from 18 to over 65 who were asked a series of questions about the massacre of 6 million Jews. 6 million people were slaughtered. It's not a myth. It's not a hoax. It's in the history books. We've seen it. We, you've seen the camps and the people being like they were flocked in like a, like a herd of cattle. Approximately 20% of people aged 18 to 29 agreed with the statement that the Holocaust is a myth and even more believed that the death toll has been exaggerated. The results are being linked to data that showed 32% of this age group gets their news from TikTok. There we go. Oh, how many times have I said on the show, you, I mean, forget my stance on TikTok. I'm beating a dead horse to death already. Can people, I know Greg says, Can we stop getting our news from Twitter? But it's amazing to me the amount of people on the left that gets their news from, forget TikTok for a moment. I can't tell you how many times I've chatted with my wife where I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just looking at the news. I'm like, oh, you're looking at your phone. She goes, yeah, just scrolling Facebook. I said, well, I thought you said you were looking at the news. She goes, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> so you, you get your news from Facebook and Yahoo, and you think you know exactly what's going on. And I'm not sitting here saying that Fox News is the be-all, end-all, or Twitter is the be-all, end-all. I'm not trying to make it part. But if you, and how many times on this show... Do we play you clips on the cut sheet from CNN or MSNBC or we go to the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times? Or I think on this show, and I can only speak about this show, will we go from conservative outlets to left-leaning outlets? I, to me, it makes sense to kind of get the temperature of the room from all the different entities to see, as Dawn always talks about, what type of slant is coming with the coverage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you become a more informed Agreed. consumer of news. Yep. And you sift through what's real, what's not, and then formulate your own opinion. I mean, my God, if you're stuck on Facebook getting your news, that's why, that's why you can't have conversations with these people. Because you start there bringing up stuff and they're like, ah, that's not true. Really? Okay. All right, you keep getting it from Facebook. But that was uh, according to TikTok, 32%. So we, we, we knew about the 20%. But now hearing about that, some of the exaggerations. No, it wasn't. It wasn't two million. No, it was six million that, people. That's why earlier this week, you know, when we were talking about the UPenn president being ousted, and then debating whether Claudine Gay from Harvard should be ousted, and all of that. It, it's a great win, but it doesn't really get to the root of the issue that we, as a society, and it's not. It's not just America because it is. It is rampant overseas. Rampant in the UK and everything like that, this anti Semitism that's happening. And the more that we get ourselves away from World War II and the Holocaust and what happened, you know, those atrocities that happened, and the more that, you know, sadly, most of the people that were around then are dead. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody really to keep those stories alive unless you're learning about it in school. Yeah, every now and then you get one of these stories where um, a 98-year-old Holocaust survivor just perished or something like that. But you're right. I mean, that generation is almost gone. That's why we need... That's why, you know, when it was... When these people long time ago when they were still alive they could say no i was there i mm-hmm. witnessed you know i witnessed this happening most of those people are dead now yeah. so you you get this the, you're ripe for conspiracy mm-hmm. because they're like well nobody's around to to 
to say if this happened or not. And I saw something on YouTube that said, you yeah. must believe this because here's the real footage of what actually happened. And it it's just all nonsense. Well, and the real crime of this is, and I'm not saying this is absolutely going on universally. Uh, I don't want to, you know, broad stroke this with the education system that we have in this country. But how many schools are actually teaching about the Holocaust these days? How many history classes are talking about this? Is I would it, hope a lot. I mean, and at what I, I don't even recall. Honestly, God, I don't remember when I was in school, what age we first learned about the Holocaust or World War II or anything? You probably didn't here in Pennsylvania. I, you I, most likely did not. I want to I say we might have had like a chapter on it in no, a we, book. No, we 100%. I, I 100% learned about it in school. 100%. I think you sure? Maybe yes. in like in sixth, Pennsylvania? Maybe in sixth grade I, we started it, with social studies. I think we watched Schindler's List. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I definitely didn't see that. But I will school. just, I'm just going to say this to you. If you did... You were your teacher was a good teacher and your school principal they were good because it was not required or recommended and in Pennsylvania in most schools they did not have the Holocaust the history of the Holocaust they did they did not up until maybe eight years ago I, and I, there and in my big three I'll actually have there's okay. their law, Pennsylvania lawmakers bipartisan are dealing with this i want to say that we had it but it wasn't like a dedicated isolated mm -hmm. education on that specific yep. uh, atrocity it was covered under the umbrella of world war ii and then you know things that were going on from from 1935 to or 39 through pearl harbor and things like that but it wasn't like we did a whole holocaust week it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, in Chapter 7 tonight, I need you to read pages 187 to 214, and there might have been, like, three paragraphs on the Holocaust. Did you read Anne Frank? Yes. Yes. So that's good. We yes. did, too. Yes. That's good. That was 10th grade, I think. 91 LSX says, Don, we went to St. Joe's on a field trip in elementary school to talk with actual Holocaust survivors, and we watched Schindler's List. I'm Right. I'm you just said St. Joe's. Catholic? Absolutely. But I've covered this for so long that I know this very well. In Pennsylvania, look it up. Uh, I look it a, up. I went to a public middle school right, and we learned and about it. I'm agreeing with you, Greg. What I'm trying to tell you is that in states like Pennsylvania, it was not the curriculum that was approved and required. The curriculum matters. And so in Pennsylvania, it was up to the individual history teacher an and or the school. It was almost like an elective of the teacher to put right. it in his so, syllabus. Exactly. So and right. that's why right now in Pennsylvania, they just passed it and Governor Shapiro is expected to sign this. They just discussed it yesterday. They passed it through bipartisan support to say, you know what, we've got to make Holocaust education, anti-Semitism, this is such a problem that we now are going to legislate it into the curriculum. Did and this is a first. Stucker, you went to Pius for high school, right? For high school, yeah. And that was that was not that was not public. That was Catholic, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, of course. Well, Catholic schools are it yeah, my kids too. But the Catholic schools are different. I'm talking about public public grade schools, middle schools, high schools in Pennsylvania. Somebody said graduated in, in eighty five Radnor and we learned it. Good. That's great. That means you had in your public school, you had a good teacher. I have you can look up uh, Rhonda Fink Whitman, locally friend of mine. She battled her mom was a twin who survived the evil twin, you know, the evil twin sicko Nazi experiments. Mm -hmm. Her mom as a child was a survivor of that. And Rhonda has lobbied this for many, you know, for her entire life. 
So I've covered this this issue for more than a decade. I don't know, finally, a of, in our Pennsylvania legislature, we are legislating the curriculum. I, I understand what you're saying, but for you to say it hasn't been taught, you know, for the last eight years, like all these people are saying, public right. school in the '80s, and we definitely learned about it. What I'm saying is, not it, it was not something that was taught as a curriculum. That was a required curriculum that was taught in such a way that that everybody in Pennsylvania learned it. Yeah, I think so. In Radnor or wherever you were, and your and and I'm not talking about private schools. Most Catholic schools, because the nuns, especially a lot of the nuns, survived the Nazis themselves because the Nazis killed. Guess what? They hated Christians. They hated Catholics. They hated the nuns too. Mm -hmm. So yes, Catholics. Absolutely. If you went to a Catholic school, you learned it all. Yeah, I think I think when a teacher in a public school puts their syllabus together in the summer, you know, they have certain things they absolutely have to have over the course of the calendar year in their curriculum. But I'm sure there's other stuff where it's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna implement this, but I'm not gonna get into this. And maybe they change it year to year. I know I would if I was a teacher because I would get tired of doing the same single thing every year. You know, like some of these teachers are legitimately the syllabus doesn't change for 35 years. So I, I understand what you're saying as far as, you know, picking and choosing. But that that to me should be absolutely required. Like if we're going to talk about all of these marginalized communities, mm-hmm. we should not be picking and choosing. Well, let's talk about the atrocities of slavery, but not the Holocaust. Evil is evil, no matter who it happens to. So you either put it all in there, and I think you should put it all in there. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying exclude all of it, but we need some consistency with this more than well, anything. And that's why curriculum matters. We talk all the time about curriculum, for example, with you know pronouns or what Pride Day or whatever they put into their they roll into the curriculum. So the approved curriculum matters. So I'm not saying that wonderful schools and districts and boards. Maybe they did teach the Holocaust, among other, you know, maybe they wanted World War II, but it, none of this at all was an approved required curriculum. That's all I'm trying to say. Nick, do you remember, what year did you uh, read Anne Frank? I'm trying to remember if, if mine was in middle school or high school. For some reason, I, I keep thinking of sixth grade and 10th grade. I wanna, Usually it's middle school. Yeah, I want to say seventh grade. Okay. I want to say seventh grade. We re- maybe, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I don't, recall, I don't remember. I don't recall much of seventh grade. I was suspended in detention a lot. And, oh boy, yeah. I, I had a real rebellious year in seventh grade. My my boys in ca- locally, uh, sisters of Saint Joseph. It was sixth grade. Sixth grade. Anne Frank. They yeah. had all, they t- learned all about the Holocaust, and in fact, they had to do a project where you had to draw to the dimensions of where they had where they had to live Mm -hmm. and the point was to think about living in that close of quarters and hiding for that long and it really quite frankly if you learn if you read these books it really resonates with kids they never forget it and because they never forget it then when they hear all this nonsense yeah and pro hamas crud (laughs) that's all over social media especially tiktok they look at it and go well that's crazy Mm -hmm. uh one more from the youtube chat because the youtube chat's blowing up about this rob m who looks like he graduated in 1999 said he went to nishamini said they learned about it as a unit he thinks in seventh grade they watched schindler's list read passages from anne frank and went on a field trip to dc the same year to see the holocaust museum awesome there you go we didn't do that we didn't do the holocaust museum I don't, you know, I don't recall many field trips at all that we did when I was in school. Yeah, it might have been a budget cut did, that year. That should that should be a required thing. Field trips? No, no, no. A field trip to the oh, Holocaust yeah. Museum. That should sure. that should be a requirement. Yeah. 
Speaking of uh, World War II, I'll never forget when we, we took our trip to Hawaii back in 2005, and you can still see the oil coming up from yeah. um, uh, the USS... Um, um, well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's not yeah, I like that you had such, such faith in that story. You're like, I'm going to tell it, and then you forgot, and you're like, all right, and I'm done now. See? That uh, was, you were committed to that bid until you were not. I'm, I'm a half the age of Trump, and I'm deteriorating quicker than he is. 855-839-1210. Uh, let's get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now... The Morning Mystery Movie Clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. The average Bern fan listens for, are you ready for this? An hour and 20 minutes. Really? How can that be? Answer most commonly given. I want to see what he'll say next. All right, okay, fine. But what about the people who hate Stern? Good point. <laughs> the average Stern hater Why don't we just do it? listens for two and a half hours a day. What do we mail it in today, guys? Oh, of course. But if they I hate him, why do they listen? Happens twice a week Most on this common program. common answer. I want to see what he'll say next. Oh, my Lord. Think you know what it is? <laughs> Be call at 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Yeah, maybe tomorrow we'll just do it. We'll play a clip from Home Alone, <laughs> Christmas Vacation, Kevin! Miracle on 34th Street. <sighs> wow, you're putting that movie up with all of those? I guess. <laughs> What the heck? We're just giving away stuff here. We don't even make you earn it anymore, folks. Just call right now. If you have a pulse, we'll take it. 855-839-1210. Caller 12 that can identify that movie that has a guy named Stern in it. You get a $50 gift card to Burger King uh, for the croissant witch. Start your day with a croissant witch and a simply orange juice and get your day off to a good start. $50 worth of Burger King for free if you can identify a movie clip that... Greg mentioned uh, one of the leading actors earlier in the show today. Caller 12, 855-839-1210. Back after this. We were just talking about how those who visited southern Italy lost weight over the period of time because the food is so good, but it's that clean, good food. I can't wait for the visit. Next spring, southern Italy, seeing all the sights, along with my friends from conservative tours. I hope you do join me. Just a couple of spots left, as I'm told by Ken Chase. We're going to visit some of the most incredible, beautiful, breathtaking places in the world. Isle of Capri, Amalfi Coast, Positano, Sorrento, the Abbey of Monte Cassino, Pompeii, and yes, all the ancient great sites in Rome as well, all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 incredible days of touring. Olive oil production, a mozzarella farm, and yeah, you know it, the wineries. Oh, those tasting sessions. And the group dining events, conservative tours, known for are legendary, iconic, truly. 5267 includes your nonstop airfare. You can call toll-free 888-733-9494. Or you can just go to conservativetours.com. They'll have the toll-free number up, conservativetours.com. Scroll down. You'll see my picture there, the full itinerary. And yes, my husband, Larry Menti, our teenage sons. For us, it's the family trip of a lifetime. I hope you join me. We'll also see why so many Italians take their vacations in Puglia. Charming villages, unparalleled cuisine, Italy's best-kept secret as it's known, authentically Italian. Conservativetourist.com. 
This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. What's on the cut sheet part two coming up in about five minutes. We'll also find out who on Twitter today and what's on tap for the Dawn Show. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. Time to give away our $50 gift card to Burger King. Because we have our morning mystery movie clip winner on the line. He is Craig from Philadelphia. Craig, good morning. We appreciate you listening and playing. What movie clip did we just play for you? Uh, it was from Private Parts. Yeah. Craig, are you sure about that? <laughs> I am sure. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. I agree. It was so tough, we should make that a $100 gift card. Now, $50 gift card is yours, so we appreciate you for listening and playing. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you. There he is, Craig in Philadelphia. Uh, by the way, we played you that clip um, during the cut sheet today of Abby Phillip, yep. no S on the end, yep. uh, interrupting constantly to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy on the CNN town hall last night with Republican Vivek Ramaswamy that nobody knew existed because they don't advertise it, they just do it. Um, and then the 410,000 viewers that watch CNN uh, got to see that last night. Sage Steele, former ESPN Sports Center anchor who is now out of sports and is showing um, that she is actually a conservative and a Republican. She's also a journalist. She says, Journalism 101. Ask your question, then allow the person to answer said question. From there, follow up, push back on their answer, etc. But let them freaking answer. It's just not that hard. You know, CNN's actually done a really a poor job with this. Think about where CNN has been. Trump labeled them fake news. Their ratings have tanked. Trump has been out of office. They can't draw anybody to their shows. They've tried to shuffle and reshuffle talent. They get rid of executives. They bring back executives. They fire fact checkers. The whole bit. They're a complete dumpster fire. So what do they try to do? They try to have these Republican town halls. And my biggest takeaway from all of these Republican town halls is all of their moderators, all they want to do is live fact-check Republican yeah. candidates and mm-hmm. get into um, arguments live on the air. Yep. Caitlin Collins, Abby Phillip, on down the list. Yeah. You know, you always say Jake Tapper is probably the least um, controversial. Like, Jake Tapper, I mean, he looks like a professional compared to some of these people mm-hmm. when it comes to journalism. So, very interesting there. All right, uh, 9.33. I just want to mention this story quickly. We teased it, and we'll do... Oh, we got to get to the big three. That's right. My fault. I forgot about that. Let's get to the big three first, and then we'll get to uh, Taylor Swift and fundraising for Gaza. Right now, Dawn Stenzel at 9.33. It's the big three and nine on Kale and Company. Big three sponsored by Consumer Cellular Curriculum to Combat Anti-Semitism and Hatred. Republicans in Pennsylvania have just announced a legislative package promoting education curriculum about anti-Semitism in the Commonwealth's schools as required curriculum. So Republicans speaking out about this saying, essentially one quote is, I can't believe I have to stand here at a podium in 2023 to say this, but anti-Semitism is wrong. Calling for genocide of the Jews or any other group for that matter is wrong. It is hateful. So this is, it's the first bill, and it's a package of three. The first would require universities that receive any kind of state funding to acknowledge anti-Semitism as harassment and or bullying. Okay, and this is obviously in the face of UPenn President Liz McGill facing the steep criticism, ultimately resigning everything that's going on since that terrorist attack and the killings October 7th by Hamas, but as well 
um, the the package would include all of these different all of these different groups where they would require the curriculum that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if they would also require the the uh, third bill. The second bill would introduce a Holocaust instruction transparency, and that would be in public schools. So they would be required to post the curriculum guidelines when teaching about the Holocaust, genocide of any kind, and human rights violations. And then the third bill in this package of three would make November 9th Anti-Semitism Awareness and Education Day in Pennsylvania. Mm, just one day? We can't have a month for it? So I guess not. Okay. But, but at least there's so they're looking at that curriculum. Yeah, okay. Also, only uh, pride, only pride gives an entire month. Yeah, pride. Hoping, that's right. We picked up on that. Uh, shorter weeks and longer days. So this is this looks like Governor Josh Shapiro is going to sign this thing. This is making national news as far as giving our schools flexibility on minimum requirements for for you to for children to be advanced to the next grade, and this would give Pennsylvania. Schools, the districts, greater flexibility to have shorter school weeks or longer days. Looks like Shapiro, like I say, it's headed to the governor's desk for full approval. Flexibility. Go back to the beginning. It sounds like they are lowering the standard for you to pass a grade and move on to the next grade. Is that is that what I gather? Well, what? Not no, not necessarily. So so it used to be that you schools had to do both a minimum of 180 days yep. um, and 900 hours at right. the, especially the grade school level, mm-hmm. 990 at the secondary levels. And so you had to have both. You had to be in school 180 days. I know. What a, what a, I mean, that's and so And then you torturous. had to have so many hours. And it's 365 days in a year. God forbid you, you spend 49% of them in a the classroom. So that's why a lot of times you'll see that the nuns have, a lot of the Catholic schools have this down to a science, I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. But you had to have both. Now you can do either or. And so it's giving them the flexibility. So, for example, you know how on a snow day, on a snow day. I love the two-hour delays. But remember that? They would say, they would say, well, you can have a Mm -hmm. two-hour delay or you could zoom it in. The reason they have to do that is they have to count it as one in the 180. Yeah. So it became silly. Well, it hasn't snowed here in like five years. <laughs> <No, really. laughs> Unbelievable. But part of it is that they'll, they'll allow, if there are special days of instruction, it really allows flexibility. So what does that mean? Let's say, and I love this for some of the tech schools, internship programs. Oh. Like at KYW News, program, uh, KYW News Radio, they have that wonderful for high school students, it's really one of a kind in the nation. Yeah. Where a high school student can go there, earn high school credits. Yeah. But for a lot of kids, let's say they're in sports, they just can't do that wonderful journalism program. Yeah. When are we going to have uh, the high school students for 1210 WPHD? Oh, they're not going to let us. Do oh, that. why not? Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> Young boys are skewing conservative, darling. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be accused of indoctrinating. <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, uh, so only one side of the aisle can oh, indoctrinate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there's there's going to be none of that. That kind of <laughs> in any near future. I'd like to bring that up at the next meeting. Yeah, <laughs> and also the technical programs, the technical high schools we've talked about, it really helps them out too. Now I have to get to number three, and again we're sponsored by Consumer Cellular because this one takes the cake. You know we've talked about the allegation, not really allegation, that Larry Krasner, our district attorney, has said, well, if somebody steals under five hundred dollars worth of stuff, let it go. Yeah. And he's denied that, but we have him on record saying it. Okay. Well, in Colorado, it's um, if you do any kind of retail theft under two thousand dollars, they would make it a misdemeanor. Oh. 
This brings us to the case of these thieves who were dubbed by Cole's employees there in Colorado. Mm -hmm. These guys were dubbed the KitchenAid crew. KitchenAid crew. KitchenAid crew, because everybody at Cole's apparently knew them in this area. So these thieves, well-known, like I say, usual suspects, they argued, actually argued in court that they should get lighter sentences because... The KitchenAid items they stole from a Kohl's store were on a big sale. That's right. And as, <laughs> as, as Meatball once said, everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. These guys, were, and these guys are like middle-aged guys who were these repeat offenders, and uh, they were charged with felony theft. They were in court arguing that it should be a misdemeanor because... All of these, they stole a bunch of these uh, KitchenAid stand mixers. Mm-hmm. Normally, they retail for $499, but they were on sale for 350 with the coupons. They mm. were even less. You know, I might need to do a cost-benefit <laughs> analysis on retail crime versus misdemeanor punishment. Is it worth stealing something that's $1,999 and only getting hit with a misdemeanor? Or should I probably just pay for it? I'm going to think about that this <laughs> weekend. It's crazy time. And we had the conversation, and it's being mentioned in these national stories about the security guard at the Macy's here in Philadelphia, Yep. how ultimately the guard let the guy go because that's the policy because yeah. of our DAs, these liberal DAs. And they were, they're citing this in all the national stories, by the way. Yep. What happened to, the, to these two defendants, these two thieves in Colorado? Well, in this one, I will say the DA's office said these two guys were identified by the store security staff and the surveillance video. And ultimately, these guys did get jail time. Mm-hmm. Because even with the sales prices for all they stole, it it was a little over two grand. Okay. So even by the DA's stance, it was still not a misdemeanor. Yep. Even with all that in consideration, the one guy who with the career criminal, 15 months in prison, the other guy, 90 days in jail. Wow. 90. 90. Well, look, I mean, if you're struggling this holiday season in Philadelphia and you need to swipe something, just make sure it's under $500 and they won't stop you. You know, go to your local Dick Sporting Goods, grab some Eagles apparel, make sure it's like $475. And in the event somebody does try to stop you, just say you're non-binary or something and they'll probably oh let you go. Because you think, they think you're going to have a mental health breakdown on their floor. No, no, no. Yeah. It's the crazy story that we've, this is crazy time news, right? We are sponsored by Consumer Cellular, offering unlimited talk and text on every plan, starting at just $20 per month. So stay connected in rain, sleet, and snow with their premium nationwide 5G coverage. No contract, free activation. Visit ConsumerCellular.com. Switch today. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 941, let's find out what's on the cut sheet part Do What's on the cut sheet! I do. What's on the country part news sponsored by Consumer Cellular. Consumer Cellular offers the exact state, uh, same nationwide 5G coverage as the major carriers, even in bumper to bumper traffic. Their 100% US based support is just a click or call away, plus activation is free. Visit ConsumerCellular.com to switch today. ConsumerCellular.com. Consumer Cellular, thank you for sponsoring What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do. I think, Nick, you brought this up earlier. We have the video and audio. Let's go to the Wayback Machine, shall we, to mm. October of 2021. As we've been talking about all morning, Hunter Biden defied the uh, the subpoena. Yep. What does Papa Joe think about people who defy subpoenas? Yeah. Let's go back to uh, 
October of 2021, and here Joe Biden go. Congressional subpoenas on the January 6th committee. I hope that the committee goes after them and uh, holds them accountable. Do they similar. be prosecuted by the I, I do, Department? yes. There so he go. thinks his son should be held accountable. He <laughs> I mean, he thinks Comer should go after him he just and prosecute that. him. He just said that, How about right? that? See? it's it's, it's We've got uh, deposition denialism going on. <laughs> Let's roll the tape. <laughs> Boy, it always Remember, folks, we always keep receipts. It really is kind of amazing, isn't it? It the is. Whole, <laughs> the whole thing. It's like, well, I mean, they should be using that in ads, to be honest I, with you. But, no doubt. Uh, yeah, they, they won't. Who am I? Screw it up. That. Speaking of Comer, uh, on Hunter Biden skipping his deposition, this is what he said yesterday. This is cut eight guys go. The president said that we expect him to come in and uh, be deposed. This is a normal process in an investigation. This has been a serious, credible, transparent investigation from day one. We've published four bank memorandums. We've had countless press conferences. This is an investigation about public corruption at the highest levels. We have accumulated mountains of evidence that's concerning to an overwhelming majority of Americans. We have specific questions in there, and I think we're going to allow you in there to see the uh, piles and piles of documents, of bank statements, of emails, of text messages that we've worked very hard on in this committee over the last eight or nine months. Uh, we expect to depose the president's son, and then we will be more than happy to have a public hearing with him. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of standard operating procedure to do a deposition. Mm-hmm. You kind of get your uh, ducks in a row, and then you go out and publicly put on your presentation in, in the form of a hearing. Uh, by the way, great camera work there by that individual, because I, I, I heard a little bit of Comer, but I, I saw a lot of Nancy Mace in the background, and I was a little distracted. Distracted? Yeah. We've got by a the, Nancy Mace story to get to tomorrow, by the way. By the way, the, uh, the, the gentleman sitting next to, or standing next to um, uh, Nancy Mace looked like a bizarro Matt Rooney. <laughs> No way! Can, can we get a? No, it's here? just it's it's an inside joke. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Uh, the, one one more, and then we have to break. Jim Jordan, uh, what did he say yesterday? I think you played this in the big take, but um, you know, for those tune in who tune in later, here's Jim Jordan speaking yesterday. This is cut nine, guys. Go. We're disappointed that he didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think he could have come here and set the question? You do it in an open format now. You're gonna get you're gonna get filibusters. You're gonna get speeches. You're gonna get all kinds of things. Uh, what we want is the facts. And the way you get the facts in every single de- uh, every single investigation I've been involved in is you bring people in for an interview behind closed doors where you can get those facts. And then, as the chairman said, we'd love for him to come public. Finally, I would say this: uh, Mr. Biden's counsel and the White House have both argued that the reason he couldn't come for a deposition was because there wasn't a formal vote for an impeachment inquiry. Well, that's going to happen in a few hours. We think it's going to pass. We think the House of Representatives will go on record with the power that solely resides in the House to say we are in an official impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight. And when that happens, we'll see what their excuse is then. They should have been here today, but once we take that vote, we expect him to come in for uh, for his interview, for his deposition, and frankly, uh, we'll also, I think, look at uh, contempt proceedings as we move forward. 
Well, the vote went through 221 to 212. Every single Democrat voted against it. And now I would imagine you will charge him with contempt. And, you know, here's the thing. I mean, they, these guys spend, and guys, gals, everybody involved, spend countless hours coming up with all of these questions for this deposition. It is a very arduous process. As somebody that's actually worked in a law office uh, as a paralegal, these depositions are a pain in the butt. It's like printing a phone book. I mean, it takes hours upon hours, days upon days. And then you get stiffed. And then you get a guy like Hunter Biden who says, Republicans have been asking me to show up. Well, here I am holding a press conference. But I'm not going to go inside for the deposition. I'm just going to put on a dog and pony show out on the steps. So there you go. All right, 855-839-1210. We'll come back and get to what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who won Twitter and YouTube today. But you can win the holiday gift-giving season right now with Wawa. And there are two different ways for you to do so for your holiday shopping. You can visit Wawa.com. Pick up one of their festive card designs, enter your card amount, and write a message. Or you can go to one of your local Wawa locations where you'll find gift cards for the Wawa fan in your life. And fans of other brands like Amazon or Roblox, you can grab one for your boss, your favorite aunt or uncle, and make anyone's seasons bright in just one holiday run at Wawa. And also with the digital cards, you can send them instantly to the recipient's email box and you can schedule it to arrive at any time you would like it's like gift card virtual on-demand delivery it is remarkable buy a digital gift card today and give the gift of wawa to somebody you love your one-stop shop for gift cards see store for details it's kale and company on demand from talk radio 1210 wphd and the free odyssey app thursday morning great show we appreciate all of you for interacting, and Stalker will reward a few of you for interacting on the socials in just a few moments, but first we find out what Dawn has lined up just uh, eight minutes out today. There's so much going on right now, there's so much developing, and we're, I'm going to try to get, a all, get to all of it. I'll have some great interviews up ahead, talking about some concerning trends that we're seeing in suburban schools in our area, so we'll have a great expert and school advocate talking about that. I am obsessed, I must admit, with the story of this new whistleblower filing alleging that Special Counsel Jack Smith, while working at an international court of justice, spent many years uh, running an overseas, quote-unquote, extortion ring targeting wealthy and high-profile public officials. And so this is a, a former DEA, you know, Federal agent, essentially, who's the whistleblower, very credible individual, serious allegations moving forward. There's so much swirling mm-hmm. with SCOTUS, the courts, Biden, Trump. So I'm, I am obsessed with all of that. So we will do a segment on that as well. My friend Christine Flowers comes in the 11 a.m. hour. Okay. A lot going on. All right. 9.53 as we find out who on Twitter and YouTube today. Okay. Uh, who won Twitter? <laughs> who won Twitter? So I'm going to give it to Keith Martin. <laughs> he started a GoFundMe page, Nick, no. uh, for you uh, to pay your FCC fund <laughs> for dropping the F bomb uh, today. So okay. Keith Martin uh, started a GoFundMe to uh, pay your FCC. Is fund. there any donations put in there yet? 
we we can't like we he can't donate to that. Okay. <laughs> but grammar it's just, jar. It's just grammar funny. Well, Nick's donate, bad word FCC fine. <laughs> I figure if you can donate to Gaza, you could donate to uh, Nick. <laughs> That's Tail. a good mm-hmm. point. Uh, and who's the other one? Let's do who won YouTube. Uh, Rinton Tin wins YouTube. He said twelve ten should do a golf outing, or at least meet at a miniature golf place mm-hmm. with beer and weed. <laughs> Yeah. I, look, I'm down for that. I'm down for both of those things. Yes. So if that's, <laughs> that's what I mean, you I want. think we should do a Kale and Company golf outing next spring. Uh, I've said that for the last, uh, I don't know, 14 months. But, you know, if you want to put it together, I'm all for it. Well, great. I mean, you know. You know, let's do it. Should we? <laughs> yes. What, but, yeah, what with mini golf? Wait, one more time. One more time, guys, uh, before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow night we'll be at, or tomorrow evening, we'll be at the, where, Dawn? Where? <laughs> By the way, we got to do it. What's the thing, Don? Where are we going to be? We're going to be in Old City. Second Market. Yeah. Plow in the Stars. Yeah. Nick's Bar and Grill. Uh, there's a few other establishments. Just look for me. I'm the bald guy. I'll be somewhere passed out on the <laughs> sidewalk with a bourbon. So it's going to be it's going to be a great event. We're yeah. going to have the Mummers there. The, yep. um, some of the string band string bands with the Mummers, yes. and um, it benefits, of course. Families Behind the Badge Children's Foundation. So it's 2nd Street between Chestnut and Market Streets in Old City. Thank you. Yes. It's the Andy Chan Holiday Block Party. Thank you, Dorenzo. Dorenzo just woke up at the end of the show. Shafe writes, great effing show today. (laughs) Have a fantastic effing day. I agree. (laughs) I agree. And by the way, I I don't know if Jim Jim Kelly can listen, if he's hearing me or not, but we're going to need the the drop on the board of John Kennedy uh, saying that we should not have any more uh, soft, fat, chubby kids in America. I'm going to need that on the board. That will be a sign-off moving forward. Yes. So everybody have a great rest of your uh, Thursday. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. We're back for a Friday edition tomorrow at 6. And then uh, the Andy Chan block party for the holidays coming up at 4 o'clock Friday afternoon. In the words of John Fetterman, good night, everybody. But first, let's toss it over to Dawn Stenzel with a word for the great folks at the Piazza Auto Group. Yeah, you know, there's no greater time of the year to give back because I think when you give back, you get the real gift, right? When you're giving. But there's no greater time than the holiday season. And that is why my friends from Piazza Premium Automobiles are partnering with the Salvation Army for the big Piazza Toy Drive once again this year. You can visit any of the Pennsylvania or Delaware Piazza Premium showrooms. And that's actually through tomorrow. And you can donate a new toy. I hope you do this. Your support, of course, will make the holidays Hanukkah, Christmas, a little bit brighter for a local child who is in need right now. You can find the dealership right near you at PiazzaPremiumAutos.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. Thank you so much. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.